The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. 1 Samuel chapter number 1, verse 1. As we uh, open up the chapter, and I want you to look at just quickly at chapter 2, and I want to read chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 to you, uh, and I want you to see it with me. Notice Hannah's praise after her prayer, after God gave her her petition. Uh, in chapter 2, she's, she prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were uh, full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath been born seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave, and he bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. What a praise that she gives to God. And, and obviously here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, she speaks and she prays and uh, gives us uh, this inspired text in chapter 2 of her prayer and praise to God out of what he did. But uh, what I want you to notice about this dedicating mother this morning is the first thing, her family, her family. Uh, if, you, if you look at, the, at the, the first few verses of the chapter, you, you notice already that there's difficulty. You, you notice already there's a big problem. I mean, uh, Hannah is married to a man who also has another wife. That's a, that's a major problem right off the bat. This is a recipe for disaster, and, and here Hannah's not looking for an exit. Hannah is in that situation praying to God. She's serving the Lord. She's desiring to have a a child that she can give to the Lord. And notice uh, that difficulty does not excuse her from following after Christ. I mean, sometimes we have difficulties in our families. Family difficulties may hinder us, may may hurt us, may, may, uh, may even encourage us to stop following after the Lord from to stop pursuing after the Lord. Can I, can I say this, moms, this morning? Don't let difficulty in your family situation keep you from following Christ. Because difficulty here in Hannah's situation, I mean, all of us may have family problems, but I, I, would, I would guarantee you none of us probably this I hope not this morning. If not, uh, I can have counseling with you all later. Uh, if you're in a similar family situation, Hannah, Hannah was uh, in, a, in a marriage where there was more than one wife. There's a problem, and I understand what was culturally acceptable back then might, might, might have been lawful back then here in this situation uh, was not ideal, was difficult, was trying. And we see the problems working themselves out, don't we? I mean, even the other wife, 
uh, tormenting her, uh, 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 pointing back at her as, as, as being problematic. We also see favoritism in, a, in the sense of the husband actually wanting, uh, uh, wanting his, uh, giving more favor to the, the favorite Hannah, even though she had no children in this situation. And let's be honest, God never said the family would be an easy place to live. And culturally, things have changed, and acceptability, things have changed, and lawfully, things have changed. But I tell you, what hasn't changed is that family is still a difficult place to serve God sometimes. That we have to embrace following Christ despite opposition that we may even have within our own family and difficulties we may face. And God's people need to learn the truth that marriage and family is a lifetime investment, isn't it? And there's trials and tribulations that may cause us to want to leave those situations. But I tell you that God is able in those situations to deliver. God is able to bestow grace. God is able to help us in following him. Not only do we see difficulty, but we see discouragement. To, to add insult to injury, she was the wife that couldn't have children. Uh, she was the wife that couldn't have what she desired. She was the wife that the Bible says here, God had shut up her womb. That God had not yet given her, granted her, given her a child. That's discouraging, isn't it? You know, sometimes there's discouraging things that happen in our lives, and they can be hindrances to our faith. They can, they can, they can deter our faith. They can keep us from following Christ. Anybody have any discouraging things in your life? You know, discouragement can often keep us from expressing faith. But verse 5 tells us that Elkanah loved Hannah, and uh, he loved her in spite of her situation, in spite of the problems that she was facing. Can I say this this morning, that we have a good father, we have a good uh, bridegroom in Christ who loves us despite our discouragement, despite our, our difficult situations, despite the trials and tribulations that we're facing. We see in her family difficulty and discouragement. Notice also we see her desperation, her, her desperation. Hannah was barren because God had chosen this lot for her. What we don't, see, see in this situation, we already know the end of the story, so we can get rejoicing uh, before Hannah's able to because she doesn't understand. But we do because we know what's going to happen. We know that God's going to grant her a child. We know that God has a plan for Hannah. God is working out this plan. Here's the thing. In the situation, all she's feeling is the difficulty and the discouragement and the desperation. If not so, why the bitter tears? She's bitter in her tears. She's crying out to God. She's in desperation. Uh, She's not able to have a child. She wants to have a child so desperately, she even cries out to God and makes a promise to to the Lord of, if God, if you give me a child, this is what I'll do. But here all along, you know who's putting that desire in her heart for a child? God was. You know who's putting that that desire in her her heart for a young man, a a man child, as, as it was here in this situation? God was. See, God was working out his plan in this woman. God was working out this plan in this mother who was willing to dedicate herself first to the Lord. Hey, and by the way, isn't that the first step, parents? We're going to have some baby dedications this morning and some children. And I, I tell you this morning, the first step, I mean, really a baby dedication is about dedicated parents. It's about parents saying, we are dedicating ourselves to raising our children up for the Lord. And how many know that that's going to be difficult? And, and there's going to be discouragement along the way in, in that process. And there may even be desperate times. But can I say this morning, just continue to follow Christ and be faithful because he's faithful. And here's the truth. He's working out his plan whether you understand it or not. 
What was God doing all along? Well, he had already had a plan. It was already done as far as God was concerned. Samuel was already on the scene. God had already, uh, God had already sealed the deal. It was already happening. She just didn't know. Sometimes in time we're discouraged. But should we just lift our heads above the clouds of time just for a moment and see God in eternity understand that he's in control of all things? I'm going to know that God's in control this morning. Even though life may be difficult and you may be discouraged and even desperate in your situation, God is in control and he is working out his will. Just stay dedicated to him. Continue to dedicate yourself. Notice she went to the house of God. She went to sacrifice the Lord. But not only she offered herself to God, not just going through the motions of giving the sacrifice, but offering herself on the altar. Going to the altar and crying out to the Lord and saying, God, please give me the desire of my heart. Notice her desire was God's desire put in her. What God put in her heart as a desire was what God gave her, that desire to fulfill his will. How many know that if we pray in God's will, God will answer those prayers? Notice she was crying out, but she, what she was crying for was what God wanted for her to begin with. And what God was going to grant her, she didn't change God's mind, she just aligned her will with God's. God had a plan for her, God had a purpose for her in time, but there was a timing, there was a, 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 a time that God had stamped out for the life of Samuel. How do I know that God knew Samuel before he was formed in the womb? God knew Samuel before he was conceived, but also God knew Hannah. In this situation, he knew where she was. He knew what she was facing. Thank God for a dedicating mother. And here are her family. Number two this morning, I want you to see not only her family, her faith. Her faith. How many know that the plans of God for us are good plans? The plans of God for us are good plans. Sometimes we have little faith in God's plans and a lot of faith in our plans. Really, we should have little faith in our plans and a lot of faith in all faith in God's plans. By the way, sometimes we desire something that's not in God's will. And how many know that we need to give up that desire and let God replace our desires with what He has for us, with what He desires for us? Here, her faith, it appears that uh, the, that family was important to Hannah, but it, it also appears that faith was important to her as well. Here, she had a personal faith, a personal faith. Do you see in this chapter a woman that personally knows God, as I do? Did she go to God directly? I mean, she didn't even go. She, she went, and the, the high priest was there and available. But notice, she wasn't going to the priest. She went directly to God. She had a relationship with God. She cried out to God. As you read chapter 2, it seems like this is coming, this, this prayer, this worship is coming from a woman full of God's Spirit, inspired by God's Spirit, someone who knows God, someone who has a personal relationship with God. I wonder this morning, do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? Because that's the most important thing for us. We'll never dedicate our lives or anything that God gives us in our lives until we first have Christ. You need to know Christ. Is your faith in Him? Do you have a personal relationship, an unwavering faith in the Lord? She had personal relationship with the God of Israel. She was a believer And she was openly active in the practice of her faith. You know what the greatest gift you can give your family? The knowledge that you're saved. It's a great gift. To know that you are a believer. To know, hey listen, uh, when your family goes and should the Lord tarry and we stand by the graveside, I tell you, there is hope in knowing that mom and dad knew Christ. I'll see them again. I don't have to guess at that. I know that. Because they know the Lord Jesus Christ is their Savior. Here's a question this morning. Do you know Christ? He knows you. 
He has has great plans for you. He he has great purposes for you. Uh, He gave His Son, His only begotten Son, to die for you. Not so that uh, you could have some cold, distant relationship, but you should have some close, personal relationship with the Lord where you know Him and He knows you. That close nearness, that personal faith. Notice, not only a personal faith, but a practical faith. Her prayer and her dialogue here with Eli, Hannah was a woman who possessed a practical faith in God. She didn't just know about God, she knew Him, she trusted Him for her needs. Notice where she went with her desperation is important, isn't it? She took her desperation to God. She took her discouragement to God. She took her difficulty to God. So many people are taking those things to the wrong place, and she took it to the right place. She went to the house of God. She went to God. She went to Him with her problems. And she said, hey God, I need you in this situation. God, I need you to hear my cry. And boy, God heard her cry. Even Eli said, the Lord grants you your petition. What is the desire of your heart? You know, she sought it with tears, didn't she? Isn't it interesting that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. She was both effectual and fervent in her praying, wasn't she? She was so fervent, by the way, that the, the man of God had not seen such something uh, so fervent except for in a drunk person. And be not drunk with wine where there's excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit of God. Notice what he mistook for drunkenness was really a filling of God's Spirit, was really a crying out to God, was really a desperate, a desperate cry to the Lord. I tell you this morning, that should be us, full of God's spirit. Hey, fully trusting in God, taking all of our, casting all your care on him because he what? Because he cares for you. You know, God cares for you. Cast all your care on him. It was a practical faith. It worked in real time. It was personal. It was practical. It was profound. It was a profound faith. More than anything in the world, Hannah wanted a child. She wanted to give that gift to her husband. She wanted to experience the fulfillment of motherhood. She knew that this was impossible apart from the work of God. How many of us are tired for what we can accomplish in the flesh and want to go to God and say, God, I want what only can be done through the power of your spirit in my life. I know this can only be done through you. So much of our satisfaction in our Christian life is in what we can do, and what we can accomplish, and where we can get, and what all the things... Hey, listen, Jesus said, even to his disciples, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Here's a woman praying, fasting, crying out to the Lord. Perhaps more of us would have answered prayers if we were so fervent, if we were so dedicated, if we were so persistent. Her importunity. She, uh, you have not because you ask not. You ask... Amiss, hey, you don't have because you ask amiss that you might consume it on your own lust. Here's a woman that didn't want to take what she wanted and use it for herself. She was asking God to give her so she could give to the Lord. Are you with me? What did she want to do with what God was going to give her? She said, God, I want this son, not so that I can have a son for myself, but that so I can offer my son to you for your service. And listen, she put her money where her mouth is, didn't she? She didn't just tell God that in the beginning. So many people uh, don't understand that God knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. That God knows your true motives. Often in praying, listen, you can't dupe God in a prayer. You can't say, God, if you do, then I'll do. You can't tell God and think that God doesn't know what you're actually going to do. 
God knows what you're going to do with what you're asking him for. Notice the, the, the purity in her motives. God, I want from you so I can give back to you. I want to give the greatest gift you could ever give me to you. If you've uh, had the privilege of being a mother, the truth is, is that all of us should have this same heart about our children. That we would take and steward what God has given us and give them back to God for His service. Whatever it is that He wants. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to take them as a, a young infant to involve them in the priesthood. This is not what we're talking about here practically in our day-to-day life. But how about this? God, whatever you want to do with my children. God, I'm giving them to you. And then I'm going to teach them and train them to serve you with their lives. Not to do for themselves, but to do for God. Anybody can do for themselves. And listen, that's the easy, that's the knee-jerk. That's, that's our habit, to do for ourselves. But to do for the Lord, well, that takes sacrifice, doesn't it? we would present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's just reasonable for what God has done to us. Notice, we're not doing it for God so that He'll do for us in a sense of, I'm not, I'm not offering myself to God so that He'll save me. Here's the truth. You don't have to do anything. God's already done everything necessary for your salvation. You don't come to God and say, God, I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to give myself to you so that you'll save me. Here's the truth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's nothing you have to do to earn salvation. Christ has already done it. But in the Christian life, we do because of what has been done for us. It's a response. Again, the emphasis of the Word of God is on what Christ has done. The exhortation of the Word of God is what we do in response to what Christ has done. It's not what we do for Christ to do for us. It's what we do because Christ has done for us. God always leads in direction and obedience to His children saying, Hey, listen, look what Christ has done. Consider what Christ has done. How many know that we have problems in serving God when we forget what Christ has done for us? When we're not grateful for when we're not communing with, when we're not fellowshipping with the Lord. A profound faith. And then lastly, not as do we see her, her family and her faith, but lastly we see her future. Her future. Look at this. Notice the length of her commitment. Look, look at verse number 11. She says, She vowed a vow and said unto the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid. By the way, God had not forgotten her. God was already looking at her. But will we'll give thine, unto thine handmaid a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. She gave him for a Nazarite vow. She was giving him to the Lord. She was giving him to the Lord's service. Notice verse number 22. This is before God answers. Notice the the wording before God answers. Notice after God answers. But Hannah, verse 22, went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. So she's saying here, I have received of the Lord. I'm going to give to the Lord. So uh, God, if if you give me, I'll do. She now receives, I have my son, I will give him. Notice verse number 26. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my, my Lord, I am the woman that stood uh, by thee here praying 
unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. I'm giving him back to the Lord. I'm giving him back to the Lord. I'm, I'm fulfilling my vow. Notice the length of her commitment. She says, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. This was not a temporary gift. This was not, I'm going to give and then I'm going to take back. She said, no, I'm committed to this for life. I'm committed to this for life. It was a lifelong commitment. Hannah made the ultimate commitment a mother can make. She totally gave her child to the Lord. She held nothing back. She committed him to the Lord before he was even conceived. She dedicated him to the Lord when he was born. She gave him to the Lord when he was weaned. It wasn't a momentary commitment. It was a once-for-all commitment from which she never looked back. And here's the truth. She sowed a seed that would be reaped for generations. She made an investment in the future. Who was her son? Samuel. Samuel's the last judge. You know, you go through the book of Judges and all these judges, and then you get to uh, the book of Samuel. No king in Israel, no king in Israel. First Samuel, man's king. Second Samuel, God's king. First we get Saul, then we get David. Samuel would be the one that would lead the children of Israel that would navigate through the anointings of two kings. First Saul, man's choice. Second David, God's choice. And then all of a sudden we see now God's eternal plan, the line of David, uh, and, and who comes from? Jesus Christ. Samuel. Samuel led the people of Israel. Samuel uh, was a judge over Israel. Samuel was the first in the prophets of Israel, the school of the prophets of Israel, Samuel was the, the first one that God used in this, uh, this, this way of dealing with his people. Boy, Samuel was one of the most influential men in leadership, spiritual leadership to Israel, one of the most impactful men in the life of David. And here, here uh, David uh, becomes this great king that God had chosen. And we know David was not without his flaws, but hey, forever that, that throne The line of David, Jesus Christ is coming back, isn't he? You see God's plan, God's fulfilling his plan, but God is using dedicated servants to fulfill his plan. You with me? God is using dedicated people of faith. As you go to Hebrews chapter 11, he goes through the halls of faith. He he takes note of, he points to those that were willing to live lives of faith. Those people had impact in eternity. I wonder this morning, When it comes to your family, do you want to just have impact in your lifetime or do you want to have impact in the lives of others to come for eternity? The way we have long life impact is that we remain dedicated to the Lord for all of our lives, that we keep our vows that we make to the Lord. How many know that God hears our promises and our vows? And we need to be faithful that we keep our vows, that we don't break our vows, that we don't renege on our vows, that when difficulty, that when when discouragement, then when desperation enters our lives, we don't go back and take back what we offer to the Lord, take back what we've given to the Lord, but that we keep our promises to God. How many know that God keeps all of His promises to us? How many glad for that this morning? Exceeding great and precious promises. God keeps all of his promises to us. May God make us his people, a faithful people, that our word is like his word, that it's kept. That we keep our promises. She had an had a impact on the future, the length of her commitment. Notice the life of her child. The life of her child. Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord, and he 
by the grace of God, became a mighty man of God. He's, he set a standard of righteousness for the nation of Israel. He was a, a man greatly used of the Lord. He was a man who anointed, again, David as king. He was a man who served as a spiritual leader of Israel for many years. He was the man who he was because of the investment his mother made. Uh, even as Paul points back in Timothy's life, hey, remember your mother, remember your grandmother, who because of their faith, you're here. A faithful grandmother, a faithful mother, And now we have a faithful man, Timothy. He says, Timothy, you're a faithful man that's able to teach others also. Make faithful men to be able to teach others also. Hey, go and do for others what's been done to you. You had faithful parents. You had a faithful mother. You had a faithful grandmother. Never underestimate the power of faithful parents. They have an impact on us when when we're faithful. Hey, here's the truth. None of us are perfect. Hannah was not in a perfect situation. Hannah had problems in her family just like you have problems in yours and I have problems in mine. All of us have problems, but here's the thing. We have a God that's over all those things. We have a God that's sovereign over all those things. We have a God that is not hindered to work through all of those things. God was able to take a very difficult, a very desperate, a very discouraging situation and turn it into a very happy story. The life of Samuel. Hey, Samuel the priest. But it goes beyond that, doesn't it? We see God's eternal purpose and plan through the nation of Israel, through the people of God, through the deliverance of a Savior to the world. Thankful for a faithful God. How about you this morning? Because it's because of His faithfulness and His great faithfulness that we can be faithful. None of us can be faithful without Christ. We need Him. We need His Spirit We need his direction. We need his word today. I wonder, uh, could we have some more dedicating mothers? Look around the room and I see we already do have some dedicating mothers. Mothers that are raising their families for the Lord, faithful to their husbands, faithful to the Lord, faithful to his word. Hey, this morning, thank God for you. But I say, thank God to the glory of God. Are you with me? Because here's the truth this morning. While we honor mothers and we're thankful for our families, today is about God. It's not about us. This story, if you read the book of 1 Samuel, I mean, even in the first few chapters, it's all the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. 39 times in the first two chapters, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Why? Because the real hero of the story is not Hannah. The real hero of the story is not Eli. The real hero of the story is not Samuel. The real hero of the story is the Lord. He's always the hero because history is just his story, isn't it? And while he mentions dedicated people and serving saints and faithful servants of God, the truth is, is the only one worthy of praise and the only one worthy of thankfulness and glory is the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And while we thank and we take a a stop stop to thank and, and, and give honor where honor is due and be thankful for the families that God has given us, may we not move over or move past who really deserves all the praise, the Lord. Because he's the hero, isn't he? He's the one that answered the prayer. He's the one that was working out. He's the one that was already done in. But notice who he uses again, dedicated servants. Are you a dedicated servant of God? Are you dedicating first yourself to the Lord? Do you have a personal faith? Do you have a practical faith, a faith that works in real time, not just a faith that works on Sunday? but a faith that works every day of your life. A faith at work 
A faith at work in your life and then a faith at work in the lives of others. How many know this is the truth of God's word? God does for us that he might do in us, that he might do through us. God, what did he do? He forgave us that he might put his forgiveness in us, that he might forgive through us. He loved us that he might put his love in us, that he might love through us. He, he, he gives us peace that he might put his peace in us. He made, we have peace with God so that he might be peacemakers through us. What does God want to do? He wants us to be dedicated servants of the Lord, carrying out his will today. I'm thankful for God this morning. How about you? But may we have the people of God once again saying, like Hannah, God, I'll, my heart is broken over my desperate situation. Sometimes, you know, what you need to do, instead of complaining about your situation, you need to allow it to put you in a position of desperation where you'll take it to God. God, I need you. I mean, I know you need God this morning. You need him. None of us stand without him. We can't make it without him. We need him this morning. As a church, we need him. In your marriage, you need him. In your family, you need him. And thankful that God doesn't just tell us we need him alone, but he gives us his church. He says we need each other. We need to gather together. We need to come together. We need to, we need to consider one another. We need to provoke one another to love and good works. Say, hey, this is something we're doing together to the glory of God in your family, but thank God also for the family of God. And here's the truth this morning. Maybe you've never had the privilege of being a mother to a child. Some, we have adopted parents here. Your mother this morning. Uh, some, we have some spiritual mothers. There's some spiritual mothers that are here that are like mothers to me. Spiritual mothers. Hey, listen, thank God for you. Be dedicated to what God has called you to. Don't allow, hey, listen, a barren womb keep you from praising a blessed God, someone who's wonderful and worthy to be praised. Hey, listen, even in barrenness, she was able to praise God, but notice in blessedness, she continued to praise God. In barrenness, she praised God. In blessedness, she praised God. How about us today? Can we praise God in our barren condition, and will we continue to praise God when we're blessed? We praise God when we don't have, but will we praise God when we have? Because so many times, Christians, this is what we do. We, we praise God. And we say, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. When we don't have, and then God gives us, and then we can't find praise for God. Notice chapter 2. After she got what she desired, she opened her mouth and praised to God. She gave glory to God. Don't forget God in your blessed situation today. Maybe you're not in barrenness. Maybe you're sitting in blessings right now. And as you sit in blessedness, don't forget to give all praise and glory to God because it's not about what you've done. It's about what he's done through you. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.